Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in the Washed Up Hasbins podcast. This is Alec the Avocado Martinez, joined by my co-host Tyler Three and O Gibson. How you feeling, Gibson? Well, I'm feeling like I'm undefeated in our league, and that's a great feeling. <laughs> he uh, he's earned it. Uh, I, I would love to talk trash, and but I can't. He's he's earned it. He's got a great squad. He defeated the other. Probably the other top squad in the league uh, this week in a barn burner. I think the uh, most important thing to note about my squad is that I forfeited my second and third round picks to Antonio Brown and Stephon Diggs, and I'm 3-0. And you put up 215 points this week, uh, thanks to Alvin Kamara, Keenan Allen, uh, Darren Waller. Yes. What Gar- a stud Darren Waller's Garrett, I was playing against Garrett. We were both 2-0, and and he texted me, Delaney Walker, what the hell? And I was like, bro, it's Darren Waller, first of all. And he was like, I've never even heard of that guy. <laughs> so uh, Tyler, uh, he he's three and zero. But Tyler, I'm going to tell you, I do not feel well, my friend. I'm I'm physically ill, uh, but I'm also mentally, emotionally broken. I just hate fantasy football. You look like a broken man right now, sitting in front of me. Zero and three. Um, I just got. Got the doors blown off of me this week by Ashley, uh, mainly in part to to meet Cole Hardman, a guy we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, I thought I had a chance when uh, you know when when uh, Marquise Brown and and uh, you know Marquise Brown was struggling, Zach Ertz was struggling, but then uh, Julio Jones and Mark Ingram joined in the, with Hardman and just. Blew me away. Uh, didn't have a chance. Throw that on top of all that. Saquon Barkley, Chris Carson are one's out and one is can't stop dropping the football. Dude, he, where's my Carson? He is. He is. Uh, where is he? Is is what I'm wondering. He came out in that week one. Looked great. Looked like I had me a star player, and then he has just declined since and keeps fumbling the ball, which is not good. But we'll talk more about that in a little bit. As for the rest of the league, we're going to take a quick look at the league. Currently, uh, the only game that is hinging on the Monday night game is Angelo and Matt. Matt has David Montgomery left and trails by nine. I think I speak for everyone when I say we hope that David Montgomery has eight points tonight and does not beat Angelo. Um, mainly, not, not for any good reason. The good thing would be for Angelo to lose because he's currently 2-0 and and the more teams that are, you know, that have losses, the better it is for me at zero and three. But um, more importantly, just seeing Matt lose is brings my, joy to everyone. My desire to see that transpire and to just laugh about maybe slightly outweighs my desire to not see Angelo to join me at three and zero. I I really just love seeing Matt lose. It's one of my my few joys that I have in life. Another game this week, two 0-2 teams. You would think it's just, you know, it's one of those games, doesn't matter. Corey, you know, blows blows Romeo out by over 50, uh, almost 50 anyway, uh, 201 to 168. Corey moves to 1-2. Romeo moves to 0-3, which is significant because Romeo has officially thrown his hat into the tank race. Um, for those of you who don't know, in our league, it's keeper league, a lot of draft pick movement. Uh from year to year, Helm uh, Nathan Helm has is well in the lead in the tank race. He's got I think nine picks in the first five rounds. He acquired another one today, moving into the second round from the fourth. 
by giving up Dak Prescott and A.J. Green to Kevin, the yeah. defending champion. But Romeo now in the tank race at 0-3. He doesn't have great pieces to move, uh, but he does have some solid pieces that will help some teams, most notably another 0-3 team member, league member who's not, uh, who's not calling it quits just yet. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish this other member would call it quits so I could go ahead and get my what should have been rightful second or third round pick, but instead I let I don't even know. It for was, for it those was out the there, devil. Tyler's we're, we're referring to me. At 0-3, I, I, and, and who Tyler's referring to is Amari Cooper. He passed on the hometown guy for uh, for Antonio Brown and Stephon Diggs, leaving me with Amari Cooper. Uh after we made a trade uh, to where he moved up and could have easily taken Cooper, and I moved back, and, and Cooper fell to me. It was, it was, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Somehow I'm still 0-3. Still sitting here at the bottom of the table. The other game this week was uh, Kevin and defending champion Kevin and projected last place finisher Helm, uh, the Blackwater Dealers he likes to be called. For those of you wondering, apparently that has something to do with sprinkler water. Everybody – thought that this was a great opportunity for Helm and Helm actually having the worst team in the league actually scored the most the fourth most points in the league through the first two weeks so we thought he was poised to get his first win of the year he was going to be a buyer with his stockpile of picks for 2020 he was going to be able to move a couple of them get some pieces, and try to contend this year while still being set for next year and talk about a reality check for a guy who had high hopes. Yeah, uh, it, it was expected. I don't think he's too upset. You know, he's, he's still – his original plan is still there. No, looking, he's probably looking. happy that that – because he's a guy that he'll buy in in a heartbeat and he will not hesitate to make moves. And He's very he, impulsive. He may regret them, but he'll do them. And I think he should probably look back at this week and just be thankful that he wasn't tricked by his team into getting Yeah, I think up. we got a real picture of what his team is going to be like. He, only, he scored less than 100, which is really hard to do in that our league. Hard. <laughs> it's really hard. hard to do. My three players that I, that I thought – would struggle to meet their projections, which are Kamara, David Johnson, and Keenan Allen. They were all projected really high. Each of them, I think, over 30. Um, they easily scored more than Helm did, and that was just three of my players. And that uh, that's going to lead that's going to lead me into our power rankings for the league. I write a recap pretty biweekly um, here and there. I try to write one every week. Doesn't always happen, but my power rankings have been a big part of the league. We're going to go in this order. We got Tyler at the top simply because he, he blew the doors off of Garrett this week. However, I still believe that Garrett's team overall is better than Ashley's team. So even though she's 3-0 and he's 2-1, and I'm going Tyler, Garrett, Ashley. Uh, I'm going to go with Angelo after that. And I, I've stated this, that I firmly believe that my team is better than Kevin's team. My team is better than Matt's team. And so... I believe that I will fall into the fifth spot, followed by Kevin, who just acquired Dak Prescott and A.J. Green, followed by Matt, who is Matt. And I will follow that with Corey, Romeo, and then Nathan Helm, the Blackwater dealer in the tenth spot. Looking forward to next week. We have, you know, every week is big, you know, big games, but the game of the week next week is going to be 
I'm going to go with Tyler and Angelo. Uh, I think that that's another test for, for Tyler, another good team in Angelo. And if Angelo can get a win, it's really going to open up the league. You could also argue that Ashley and Matt could be game of the week. I guess I don't have it firmly decided yet. We'll find out in the recap. But those two right now in contention for game of the week. Moving forward, we're going to talk about waiver ads first. I'm one of those people that was hit by the Saquon Barkley injury bug hard. I have him in multiple leagues. Tyler, you've spoken to me and you've made it clear that I should have Thought about this going into the year, you know, because his workload no, leads no. to I the. Mean, no, that's just something that we've talked about, but it was always. Now, me personally, being a guy who tends to stick to his Dallas Cowboys bias uh, when fielding his roster. Now, I would never tell you guys that Saquon should not have been the first overall pick, but I will tell you, if all things were equal. And I had the first pick. I would have definitely gone Kamara, McCaffrey, or Zeke over Saquon just for well, that. Well, you couldn't take Zeke at the time. He was still holding out. And you can't take a guy who's holding out first overall. Sure. We saw it happen last year. I saw it happen multiple times last year. You, and took, you took the safe the safe pick, the, the no-brainer pick, really. I don't fault you for that. We just – I'm just saying – You better not fault me for that because it was the right choice. Right. It was the right choice. So Saquon Barkley's out there. He's hurting you. Uh, you've got to find some pickup, uh, some somebody to fill in for him. There's a lot of quarterbacks that are underperforming that you drafted to be your steady quarterback, not stream. Uh, Jared Goff, Baker Mayfield, Cam Newton. Aaron Rodgers has not been outstanding. Obviously, you're not dropping him, but you might maybe, consider streaming. Maybe you brought him to the uh, Bucks hype like we all did. And, uh, I mean, it came to fruition a little bit last week, but – you know, yeah, but hopefully you didn't spend too high on Jameis. Even I didn't spend that high on Jameis. I, I'm, I am in the Bucks hype, and I think that this week is an example of what they can be. Um, Carson Wentz has been pretty average this year. Um, so we'll, there are some quarterbacks out there that you might look to if you're looking to fill a spot. You also got some injuries at, uh, at wide receiver. Uh, Julian Edelman being the most notable if he misses time. Uh, so there's definitely some uh, – you're getting to that part of the season, bye weeks coming up, where the waiver wire is going to be hot. Uh, but it's also going to be a little bit more depleted. Um, you've had guys taking flyers in the first two weeks. You might have a couple guys on there who may have been picked up or drafted and they were dropped in the first couple weeks that now is when they start to shine. Uh, so we're going to look into that. We're going to start – we'll start with the – you know, probably the most popular name out there right now, and that's Wayne Goleman being Saquon's backup. Tyler, you have the first – you have the number one waiver priority in our league. Are you spending that waiver priority on Wayne Goleman? I've got to say the nay no, my brother. I am not going to be targeting Wayne Goleman. Um, he's somebody that I might consider to pick up with a free agent ad um, if he somehow made it through, but he won't. I'm not going to be spending any free agency dollars on him in any of my leagues. I'm not going to waste any priority claims on him. Um, he He's a guy that we know is less talented than Saquon, not only less talented, but much less. The Giants could give one flip about making sure that he gets the ball. They're going to give him the ball when they've got to run the ball, and that's 
going to be the extent of it. He might get a touchdown here and there, but it's not going to be what you think. And ultimately, he'll be done for when Saquon comes back, you know, in a month or two. We're going to look at, you know, I, I agree. I, I have Saquon in multiple leagues, and I probably won't look to pick up Wayne Gallman. If it's a deep league, 12, 16, 14 teams, yeah, Wayne Gallman's probably a guy you'll put a waiver priority for. But in your 8 and 10 team leagues, definitely not. Uh, even in your 12-team league, it really kind of depends on your roster makeup, but I don't think he's a must-add. You might not want to waste your waiver um, priority on him. However, uh, I want to go ahead and talk about another injured running back. We're going we're gonna to talk about some guys that are injured right now, and then we will move on into our favorite, favorite waiver picks for the week. Another guy that is – he missed this week, but he, it was late, confirmed – Damian Williams, a guy that most people drafted pretty high, he's out. Dare Williams, LaShawn McCoy, Darwin Thompson, uh, we obviously got a good glimpse of it in the Baltimore game. If Damian Williams is to miss extended time, do you still think that LaShawn McCoy is the way to go? I'm sure he's owned by most people, but LaShawn McCoy, or, or are you looking at Darrell Williams or Darwin Thompson? Well, I'm looking at Darrell Williams. LaShawn McCoy, it's inevitable that – he misses time due to injury. He already did get banged up in that game again. Um, I, I mean, Daryl Williams, the guy that I was able to get a hold of before the game started when the news came out that he was getting the first team carries in the warm-up. Um, I mean, he he came through. I didn't start him in any leagues. I didn't need to. Uh, he came through and showed some good production in the last-minute uh, start, and... I just – that backfield to me is just yuck to deal with in general because, I mean, I'm one of the guys who, you know, was taking a flyer on Darwin Thompson in some drafts and that didn't pan out. And I didn't end up with LaShawn McCoy or Damian Williams on any of my teams because I was kind of more erring on the side of value and then also hedging against LaShawn McCoy being injured. Um, but – it's a weird backfield, but if you can get a hold of Darrell Williams on the uh, waiver wire, then uh, I think that's a good move. All right. Uh, I, I I think Damian Williams is going to come back soon, and, and I don't see that uh, they're going to – I don't think they've had a reason to necessarily move off of him. So I, I personally am not looking to – I got Darrell Williams in one league this week, but I don't think I'm going to spend a waiver priority on him. I wouldn't spend the first waiver waiver priority on him. Uh, myself, but I would in a league that maybe just reverts to reverse order every week. I would I would probably put one in. Yep. Uh, another injury this week. We're not sure the extent of the injury yet, but he did miss the rest of the game. That is Julian Edelman. What do you think of Philip Dorsett in his absence? I like it. I mean, he's shown um, so far this year that when he's been given opportunities, they will target him, and he can get in the end zone. And I think he's going to avoid a lot of the uh, better coverage from other teams. And I think that at this point he does have a little bit of a rapport with Tom Brady. So that's a guy that if you find Julian Edelman missing time, you can step in there and easily support wide receiver two to flex value, you know, around there. The the reports are that it's not a serious injury um, and he could play. He got an MRI. uh, But it's what, it's rib or chest? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's – this is football, man. So, I mean, you get tackled. I mean, it, it, it's worth an ad. Like I said, I wouldn't necessarily spend top priority on him, but if you get a hold of him, I mean, Julian Edelman can 
re-aggravate re that or make it worse with one hit. Uh, Aaron Jones, uh, limited practice participant. Uh, he, he's got a shoulder issue heading into week four. I guess we'll find out more on Tuesday. Uh, the, the reason that this is a, a question is not – I think in a normal week, Aaron Jones, is, is you feel pretty comfortable. But they play on Thursday. Short week against Philadelphia. Do you have any concern? Are you looking at Jamal Williams? Uh, what's your thoughts there? Well, so I – have Aaron Jones in one league, and he was a keeper for uh, 13th round, I think. Um, I didn't buy Aaron Jones early. Not that I didn't didn't believe in him because I love Aaron Jones. He's been a guy that I've stuck with the past two years. I've always had him. On, I've, I've sat on him through suspensions, through injuries. I've played him. I've benefited from times, and it's hurt me at times. And this is a guy that I honestly this this whole time I I love that he had a good semi good week. I mean, he got in the end zone two times, but he's a guy that I've been kind of wanting to target as a buy low after week five. I I think you knew that he was going to have five tough matchups here at the beginning of the year, and you're just going to have to deal with it. So if you spent the draft capital on him, I think you just got to play him, and that's what you do. But I'm not going to like it. Not gonna like playing him against Philadelphia, but you probably don't have a better option. Maybe you do. And if you feel comfortable in that, then go ahead and pop him in there. But otherwise, if you spend a second, third round pick on Aaron Jones, then you're plugging him in and you're you're letting it ride. Well, I hope he doesn't play because Matt just traded for him in our league, and that would be great if he did that. And then he didn't play this week. Uh, another injury left the game early. Ty Hilton. He left early with a quad injury. It was a quad injury he had coming into the game. I'm a big fan of T.Y. Hilton. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. I love watching him play. This is one of the first years that I did not – well, it's the first year I did not draft him. In and the he league. hasn't even looked bad, man. And he hasn't. And, and maybe I could – he didn't he – was, he was two picks from falling to me. If he would have fell to me, I was going to take him. But, uh, you know, is Paris Campbell a guy you're looking at with him being out? Because uh, you also got to remember Funchess is also out. Uh you know, Paris Campbell's kind of been a guy that's shined a little bit. I personally think that without T.Y. Hilton, they're going to spread the ball around a little bit more than focusing on one guy. But Paris Campbell has shown some uh, aptitude to make big plays, and he is a, a coach's favorite. They talk real highly of him out there in Indianapolis. So would you think about if T.Y. is not going to play? And, and I think it's – you know, after the game, they're, they're saying that the training staff elected to err on the side of caution and that, that Hilton doesn't seem uh, extremely concerned. But this is an injury he had coming into the week. He has to leave the game early because of the injury. Um, I think it's possible that um, that the number five receiver in PPR is sitting out this week. I would sit him uh, if I were the Colts. Um, I, I would I, – I mean, that's a guy that you don't want to miss extended time. So – those type of injuries can be finicky, and I think that they should just let it go ahead and heal up, give him a week of rest. Um, Paris Campbell, tremendously talented. Um, I just, I don't, I mean, he has no track record that we can point to with Jacoby from a couple years ago. I mean, you can throw him in there, but I would not feel awesome. I'd have to be in a really tough place to want to put him in my lineup. Well, I, I personally, I think it just depends on, again, it goes back to your roster makeup. If you're looking, if you have that flex spot where you can 
especially in the first week of bye weeks, if you have that flex spot that you can take a risk, like like uh, your wife Ashley did against me this week, starting me Cole Hardman. <clears throat> Paris Campbell's a guy with a lot of upside against the Raiders. Uh, he could easily. I, I could easily see him if T.Y. is not in the game, putting up that twenty-five to thirty-point range with two touchdowns, you know, and a long bomb somewhere in there, because of the talent he has. The question is, are they going to, um, are they going to target him the way that they do T.Y. Hilton? Are they going to force him into the game plan the way that they do T.Y. Hilton? That I don't know about. I, I, I don't think so. I think it's possible. I think you I, could see more Jordan Jordan Wilkins uh, involved and just you know more of the running backs, if anything. Um, Marlon Mack, uh, another guy that is, I guess since you brought him up, since you brought up Jordan Wilkins, are you, um, are you concerned with Marlon Mack at all? Um, I mean, you definitely don't like to see it. Uh, I know you had given him a slight bump in terms of how you viewed him when Andrew Luck left. I did not, and that seemed to be a bad decision on my part from the get-go, but it slowed down tremendously, and... Uh, I mean, not really though. I mean, he still scored twenty-one. I mean, he scored well, his projected. I, mean, I, I know. I mean, he he's had, number seven standard running back, number nine PPR running back. Well, that's back. coming off of forty-something points in week one. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, and and then it is what it is because all the points matter and everybody's going to blow up at one point uh, or another, and it it ultimately counts towards. I just think you don't want to be wrong, and so you're just sticking to your guns with Marlon Mack, even though he's proven that he's he's a top ten running back. Top 12. I'll say he's a top 12 running back. He's an RB1. He's not a top end RB1, but he's an RB1. And I think you're just not coming off because, you know, you're just being stubborn and want to be, don't want to be wrong, but, but I think... Uh, it could be. I think you're close. I think you're close. I don't know that I'd be willing to bet on it, but I would think that he, yeah, he falls somewhere between 8 and 14. Um, so I don't, I don't know that I'd be willing to put anything up on that because he could easily fall to, you know, he could be on a, a you know, top 12 back at the end of the year, but I don't know. Uh, moving on on our waiver ads, we talked about quarterbacks. There is some out there. Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen, the two most notable, both looked really good uh, in their first career st- – well, I guess it's Kyle Allen's second career start. First start of the season for Kyle Allen, uh, first career start for Daniel Jones. Are you possibly picking up either one of those? Gardner Minshew, if he's still available. I'll say this now. If Gardner Minshew is available, you need to go pick him up. I'm, I'm big on Gardner Minshew. The ceiling is probably higher for Daniel Jones. Both but Daniel Jones and Kyle Allen probably outscored anything that Gardner Minshew has done. That's not the point. Oh. point is Gardner Minshew is just a, a savvy uh, moxie. So you should put him on your team because he wears an American flag bandana and does pull-ups or sit-ups in a jock strap in the locker room. And rocks maybe the best mustache in sports <laughs> currently. He's a product of Mike Leach, and I can get behind that. But um, – I mean, I guess the question is Daniel Jones or Kyle Allen? <sighs> Daniel Jones, because he's the starter and he's going to continue to be the starter, Kyle Allen's time could be limited, obviously, with uh, Cam Newton coming back. Um, I will say this. I upgrade the Giants' weapons more than I upgrade the uh, Panthers' weapons. Okay, all right. I can get, I can get behind that. I, I think that, especially at receiver, Sterling Shepard, and Evan Ingram, I mean, it, 
Evan he Ingram. Was, he's the number one tight end. Yeah, and, and and I don't see that changing. Uh, by the way, did you see that catch he had this week? The one-handed catch. That oh he had? yes, yes. That was that was gnarly. That he's was, your guy, but once again, you didn't get him. I do have him in a couple leagues, oh, but okay. I did not get him in the league of washed-up has-beens because again, Corey decided to take a second tight end the pick before me and. I don't know why. I mean, well, it's worked smart. out. It's worked out for him, but he does have Kittle and Ingram, um, which Kittle uh, has been a. Well, well, we'll talk about George Kittle a little bit. So, so Daniel Jones to me, I think, is the guy to go here, not because he's going to be the starter, but because I think he has a uh, a higher chance to throw the ball multiple times a game. Christian McCaffrey is going to get his groundwork. With Saquon being out for six to eight weeks, Daniel Jones is going to throw the ball upwards of 40 times a game. And Daniel Jones is going to run the ball. And he is going to run the ball. I mean, people forget how much he ran at Duke. He was a he was a dual-threat quarterback. He is not just a guy who runs every now and then. He was a legitimate dual-threat quarterback at Duke. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think that Daniel Jones has uh, – he has Josh Allen-type potential this year uh, where he's just sneaky – under the radar, finishing in you know week by week in as a top ten quarterback. I mean, I think last this this past week um, was a good display of everything that he can do. And yep. now he may not put that all together every week, but he is capable of throwing it. He's capable of running it. He's capable of rushing touchdowns in. So I know I'll be looking to get Daniel Jones in in a league that I have Kirk Cousins. Uh, <laughs> I you might as well drop Kirk Cousins. I said this was the week. If Kirk Cousins couldn't put it together this week, and he's He's gone. He could not put it together this and, week. And the Vikings tried to tell us all off season, and nobody would listen. I didn't listen. Everybody drafted the uh, the two wide receivers as wide receiver ones or high end wide receiver twos, and that is not going to work out. Uh, I think I saw the stats that at this point last year, Thielen had like thirty six receptions for three hundred and something yards, and right now he's got like. 12 or 16 for like 137 or I don't know. It's, it's, it's not good. Stupid. Is what it is. Um, if you have Dalvin Cook, though, you're a happy camper, um, which I do have Dalvin Cook in a couple weeks. Um, looking forward uh, to next week at tight end, uh, if he's on the waiver wire, there's not a lot of going on on the waiver wire for tight ends, but if he's there, uh, obviously, Greg Olson is the the top waiver tight end if he's available. His percentage isn't that high, but he is. It's high enough that he's still available in some leagues out there. He shouldn't be. Delaney Walker is available in some leagues. He shouldn't be. But a guy that is uh, kind of not on a lot of rosters is Will Disley. Um, I picked him up and started him this week. He was arguably my third best player. He was my third best player. Um, outscored Austin Eckler. The guy catches touchdown passes. He is targeting the red zone. He's what the Seahawks wanted Jimmy Graham to be. Um, and, and Jimmy Graham was at one point. I mean, at one point he was a kind of a red zone target for the Seahawks. But, um, but that's what Will Disley has become. The Seahawks are throwing the ball a lot more this year, especially since Chris Carson can't hold on to the football. Uh, Will Disley, I think, is a guy, if he's out there and you've got Jared Cook at, at uh, tight end or you've got um, – if you had Njoku, um, look to pick up Chris Disley. Another guy that I think is – or Will Disley, I'm sorry, that is that is under the radar that no one's talking about right now. He returns – I can't remember if it's this week or the next week, but Chris Herondon uh, tied in for the Jets. I know what you're going to say Luke Falk sucks. He does, but – 
typically with young quarterbacks who aren't very good, the person that benefits the most is the big athletic tight end. Well, I, I yeah, this is a guy that I know that in uh, some deeper leagues that some people have talked about targeting before he gets the hype coming back from his suspension. And uh, Chris Herndon is a guy that has the talent. Um, man, you just... I was a, I was a person who I, I'm in a two-quarterback league. Um, I mean, I, I put in a claim for Luke Falk because that's just kind of what you got to do in that league. I mean, you've got to pick up anything that you can that has potential. And, boy, I definitely expected more. But I guess Le'Veon Bell owners would say the same. Yeah, Le'Veon. I mean, but here's the thing with Le'Veon Bell owners. Uh, don't panic. Don't uh, – don't, I, I recommend don't sell low. If you really don't believe in it, go ahead. I personally think that just the value in the number of touches alone uh, is going to keep him top 10 relevant, top 12 relevant. Uh, he'll be in the RB1 conversation just because of how often he's going to see the, the opportunity to, to make a play. He hopefully will get used in the passing game uh, more creatively. Is in, And running the ball, they, they've got to figure out something to, to – get away from those stacked boxes. In terms of other guys you might be looking to pick up this week, uh, just going to look at kind of the you know the top guys that are available. Personally, I'm uh, I'm I'm looking at Debo Samuel, uh, receiver for the 49ers. The 49ers are, are particularly a run they've become a run first team, but they uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is definitely, you know, he's He's going to move the ball through the air, and Debo Samuel has become one of his favorite targets. Another guy that I'm looking at, and if he's available in a PPR league, he is a guy that could easily fill in for Saquon being hurt, Damian Williams, and probably be better than what you're going to get out of Wayne Goldman or Darrell Williams, and that's going to be Chris Thompson. I like Chris Thompson's floor. I think on a week-to-week basis he can easily hit 10 to 15 points, You know, possibly, you know, a ceiling of probably 20, 20 to 25 if that includes a touchdown on about eight receptions. And it's something that he's done in the past. The Redskins are always behind. They're always going to be playing catch-up. So I think Chris Thompson is a guy that if he's available, you should be looking at him. Tyler, is there anybody that we haven't mentioned that you're real high on uh, on the waiver wire? Uh, man, I mean, it depends on your league, obviously. Um, just some guys I jotted down that you might want to take a look at. Um I mean, Chark, everybody knows that. We talked about Gardner Minshew. DJ Chark has, I mean. Their rapport is incredible. He's proven it now three times in a row. You can't really question it now. You just got to do it. Miko Hardman, um, if you're in a league, he's on the waiver wire, especially if you're in a keeper league, snag him up. Because even once Tyreek Hill comes back, even if his role is reduced majorly, I mean, they're not keeping Sammy Watkins around next year. It's going to be me, Cole. I mean, they've proven. Why do they need to pay Sammy Watkins what they're paying whenever they can have uh, Robinson and Demarcus Robinson? And they yeah, I Miko think all they need is somebody that can run downfield right. fast and, and, and Mahomes is going to chunk it. Right. So, I mean, he's a guy. And then also somebody that I have just really not caved in on, Rojo, Ronald Jones, Damn it. I hate it. It's actually a bad thing that I'm doing. But you finally saw whenever that offense started clicking, 
he's the one who benefited out of the running backs, and I think that if they can get it put together, the Bucks want to see Ronald Jones succeed, and I think that he might be a good speculative ad if you can get him. I want to ask about two guys first. Marvin Jones. <laughs> Marvin Jones plays Kansas City this week. He had nine targets last week. He's you know, Week one, he, I think he only had four targets, but week two he had six. Uh, he had nine targets week three. Uh, he's got a previous rapport with Matthew Stafford. I know that Amendola came in and took some targets early. So did Hawkinson. But I think we're kind of moving back into that. Marvin Jones is the number one or two option, depending on how Kenny Galladay is guarded. Uh, and they play Kansas City, a team that is susceptible to the pass and the run. But but do you uh, how do you feel about about uh, Marvin Jones? I like him. I thought that he was a great later round value pick in most drafts. Um, he's a guy that you could have gotten at a point where you don't have to start him any week, but you should happily put him in your flex at any given time. And he showed this past week, you know, what he's really capable of in that offense. And, you know, he could definitely put up games closer to what we saw two years ago as opposed to what we saw last year. Uh, Another guy that I want to look at is another receiver uh, from – Buffalo, former Dallas Cowboy, Cole Beasley. He's gotten worked in the offense a little bit more over the last couple weeks. He does play New England this week but he and Tennessee after that. But after the bye week, he has Miami, Philadelphia, Washington, and Cleveland. Uh, obviously, that's a little bit further down the road. But I think that's a guy to keep an eye on. If you've got the space on your team, maybe uh, I wouldn't mind putting him in that spot and letting him, uh, letting him kind of sit. And, and if you need to fill in, I think he's going to get – six to eight targets a game. He's kind of filling the same role he filled in Dallas uh, where he's good for a first down and he's going to catch these. He's pretty consistent catching the ball, obviously. You know, everybody talks about that week one drop he had that led to a, um, an interception. But I think that uh, that Cole Beasley is a guy you might want to keep an eye on. Um, yeah, he's going to fill the same role that he has been filling for me even when he was with Dallas, and that's not one. So. <laughs> Tyler's out on, on Cole Beasley. Moving on, Tyler, is there any guys you want to talk about that should be dropped at this point that you, you should feel comfortable dropping? Maybe not should not be dropped, but you feel comfortable dropping in place of some of these other guys that we've talked about. I feel very comfortable dropping Corey Davis and Jared Cook. Do you feel comfortable dropping Antonio Brown at this point? <laughs> this is an important question because you have Antonio Brown. It's a very important question, and my answer is not until I'm forced to. Not until something comes up so amazing that I'm like, man, I've got to have this. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I don't even think he's going to play again in the NFL this year. I just can't fathom. Drop Antonio Brown. I just can't fathom. Tyler's stubborn and he's upset up. that he gave up a second round pick that he traded to get a second round pick. No, you traded. You were the one who traded. I didn't trade for any specific purpose. You yeah, just, but the, the point of the trade was you got to move up into the second yeah. round and have your choice of receivers, and you chose Antonio Brown I did, and I did. Stephon Diggs. And so you don't want to let go. But let me tell you something just a wise decision drop Antonio Brown. 
I'm three and zero, and you're zero and three. So I don't I'll, care. I'll manage my team. Drop Antonio if you're out there listening. Drop Antonio Brown. You, you don't probably need- should. You probably should. But me personally, I'm in a good spot. I'm gonna hang on to him because I'm spiteful. More controversial decision: Duke Johnson. Are you dropping him? or Are you keeping him? I mean, like we always say, it depends on your roster makeup and your league size. But in any type of normal situation. Uh, I'm I'm dropping Duke if I've got to to pick up somebody better and and I'm not even thinking twice about it. Yeah, I think Duke Johnson is. I, I like Duke Johnson. It could have been something a lot better, but they got Carlos Hyde in there and he's been very productive. So. When I think more importantly, which by the way, Carlos Hyde has really always been productive. Carlos Hyde gets a bad rap, but he's always been a decent football player. I mean, he's not he's not a stellar running back, but he's not bad. I, I think he's. I think his um, lack of involvement in the passing game and his injury proneness has given him a bad rep, and rightfully so. What about this one's a little bit more? This is also kind of controversial, especially for you and I, because we were real high on him going into the season. Robbie Anderson. Oh man, um, you know he's had a lot of excuses here. Um, not that he himself has come out and said things, but we've been able to make excuses for him up to this point. And maybe once again, because Luke Falk had such a bad game, I think in um, in week two – no, wait, was it – it was a Thursday night. Game. It was week two. It was week two. Oh, was it week two? Him, when Luke Falk came in for the first yeah. time. And he showed kind of a liking to Robbie Anderson, and I thought, man – this could actually be a good thing because, you know, once some of these guys latch on to kind of their, their safety net, that's that's what it is. And, man, I I don't know that I'm I'm, – I'm, you know what, no, 100%. I'm not ready to drop him yet because this was a terrible week for the Jets. You're not dropping Le'Veon Bell. You didn't think Luke Falk was the best. You're going to wait and see what this offense can do here in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, you're not starting Robbie Anderson with any type of confidence, but you're not dropping him yet. I think if you're desperate for a roster spot, you know, you have a waiver guy you really think is going to blow up, go ahead. You should feel comfortable. But I, I would prefer to hold on to him at least until Sam Darnold comes back. Uh, another, another guy, he's in action right now, so I guess this will have a little bit more to say. But if Tariq Cohen is, again, doesn't have a great week, is he droppable? I'm not dropping him, but I, I don't have him in any leagues, so it really doesn't pertain to me. But he's just a guy that I, I, I just think that this is an offense that has yet to even figure out what they want to do. So until it becomes clear and they start functioning properly, I'm not dropping a guy that has the upside that Tariq Cohen does. What about D.D. Westbrook? No, I'm keeping him. Gardner Minshew has obviously looked good. DJ Clark, DJ Chark is clearly his lead guy, but but, but Westbrook's got Dee Dee has he dropped quite a few balls, but he he was all over the field getting targeted in that last game, and and it was like every time I looked up, I mean, I saw him more than I saw Chark. I think Chark is more efficient with his receptions and scores touchdowns, but DD DD uh, was was all over the place there, and and I'm not dropping him at all. What about Vance McDonald? Depending on who's on the waiver wire, I, I would I would consider dropping him. I would drop him for Disley. I would 
Walker Olsen, obviously. Walker Olsen, yeah. I, I think I the, mean, the problem with McDonald is just the position is so thin. He does have an opportunity to break out from week to week. But as we saw in week two, but then we also have weeks one and three where we see his. Would you drop him for Herndon? Oof. I would, I would have to do that matchup based. Um, uh, I'd probably hang on to McDonald until, and then you might not get Herndon, but until we saw Herndon. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely going to be matchup based for me. If if Vance has a rough matchup, then I wouldn't have any problem. Um, I think Her, Her, Herndon comes back in. in uh, is it Herndon or is it Herndon? It might be Herndon. Either way, he went to Herndon. Miami. I think it's Herndon. He went to Miami. Um, the Jets have week, and, we, and this will be in week five. The Jets have Philadelphia. Do we know if Sam Darnold's going to be back? You know, if that that would that would probably play a big part in it. Is is um, is Sam Darnold going to be back in week five? Because in week five the Steelers play the Ravens. So, me personally, I would I would have the Jets tied in over over Vance McDonald in that situation. Um, but I would feel a lot more comfortable with Sam Darnold at quarterback instead of Luke Falk. Absolutely. So we're going to move into some buy lows and some panics. They kind of run together. Um, I, I, I want to kind of phrase this as, it, do you buy low on these guys? Do you panic and avoid them? Um, we'll start first with just some simply buy lows. Uh, you've got you, – you've talked about the Ravens offense in, in Hollywood Brown and – Mark Andrews, I don't think that you can buy low on those guys right now. I know they had a, a rough week, but I still think because of the excitement that the Ravens offense provides that people are too high on them. I think they're they're too high on them. Yeah. I, I think I don't think that they're I think that their weekly floor is somewhere between where they were this week and where they were in weeks one and two. They're gonna be in the middle. They're not gonna finish top five at their position, top ten at their position. Andrews might finish top ten in his position. I, I think, think he, he could finish top five at his position. But because it's such a thin position. Um, Marquise Brown probably won't finish in the top 20 of receivers. Yeah, I think probably. he'll be on the edge. Have, it's, it's really hit or miss. But I think that this last week was a little bit deceptive for the Ravens offense. I mean, it was, a, it was not great weather for that game. Um, Mark Ingram isn't going to score three touchdowns on the ground every game. Um, they're going to be able to air it out again. And I know that Pat Mahomes had a fine time through the air, but he's Pat Mahomes, and we're talking about Lamar Jackson. So as good as Lamar Jackson's been, it's not Pat Mahomes. So, um, I, I mean, you know, Marquise Brown still had – I mean, he probably had nine or ten targets. Uh, I mean, he's he is the number one option for their wide receivers. And Mark Andrews – they said before before the game, and I should have listened to it more, but you know I wanted to get a piece of that amazing matchup. Um, that Mark Andrews wasn't running routes at one hundred percent. He didn't look like he was one hundred percent. He was clearly bothered, and I should have probably kept him out of my lineups in some leagues because one of the leagues I started him in, I have two tight ends, and so I started two tight ends, um, and that didn't work out. I might have still won in that league, but it was not a good decision and if you can I mean yeah these are just you know potential stuff I mean I I would still hold out hope that Aaron Jones can be a buy low if he has a bad game next week uh well you know against the Eagles on a short week good chance he has a a bad week and uh 
you know, he's got he's got some more tough matchups coming up. Uh, then coming out of week five, he's got a great run. And so, I mean, that's a guy that I would still keep my eye on. But for these guys, if you can, I, I would at least send out some uh, preliminary offers and see see what's out there. Some other buy low candidates that that I don't think you have any you shouldn't have any concern with, but but definitely guys you might want to buy low on. Le'Veon Bell, uh, really rough week this week, but the guy's still top 10 PPR running back, top 20 standard running back, and he's it's proven that Ty Montgomery is not going to cause him any problems, that he is going to get a major workload, and I think a lot of people are going to be scared. A lot of Bell's owners are going to be scared this week with what – What's going on at quarterback with how this week looked. The first week with Luke Falk obviously looked horrible. The only disadvantage you have, and maybe it's an advantage, is that he's going to be on by. Um, what would you give up for Le'Veon Bell right now? I would consider... Carrion? Well, that was actually my next guy that I was going to bring up, is if you would buy low on Carrion right now. Because I think Carrion is still yet to reach his potential. And probably hasn't reached... I don't feel that he's reached where you've drafted him yet, so I think you're still – some people are definitely down on him. I personally – I would trade carry-on for Le'Veon. I, I, if I have carry-on, I would have no problem receiving Le'Veon Bell for that. I think I'd rather see like a carry-on Johnson and DJ Chark for Le'Veon Bell and Terry McLaurin or uh, another lower end. I'm just having a hard time thinking um, who – me personally, who I would want to give up to then Aaron Jones. Oh, that's a good one. I'd give up Aaron Jones for Le'Veon Bell. I would not. I would not. Although Aaron Jones is a guy that I would trade for now, and I would trade again before fantasy playoffs because he's got the Bears and the Vikings in yeah. his fantasy playoffs. Um, so that's a guy that I would look to buy low now and sell high later because he's got a great schedule in between. But I don't. I don't think so. I don't, I don't think I would. I would trade Aaron Jones for Le'Veon Bell at this point. I. I. I would. There's not a lot I wouldn't give up for, for Le'Veon Bell. Buy low guy. Well, I. I guess we're gonna move into now. Buy low or panic? Are you scared of him? And should you be scared of him if you have him? Or is this a guy that you should take advantage of some down weeks and and purchase him? I'm gonna start with Sony Michelle. Um, no. I'm not buying low on Sonny Michelle. There's a reason I didn't draft him in any leagues. Um, there's just too many things going on there. I mean, you know, you could you could talk about Rex Burkhead as a potential waiver ad this week. What about um, in the standard league? Non-PPR standard league. Do you I consider- mean, he's got more value because he could score touchdowns. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, still not a definite, yeah, I'd buy low on him. Okay. Um, this this is where I'm I'm kind of at right now. Chris Carson, I'll tell you, Chris Carson's problem. Well, one, if you look at this week, I, me personally, I think you buy low on Chris Carson. I don't think you panic. I don't hate Chris Carson. I, I think that there's there's obviously going going to be a lot of people out there panicking on Chris Carson. If they do, you take advantage. You go and you get Chris Carson for them for something low. Um, for what? That's, that's always my favorite thing in these buy lows. Like, but but what? Derrick Henry. Oh, I think that's Ooh, a that's, that's a an easy sell too. Yeah. I think they would take that at a heartbeat. I think you can give up someone like Derrick Henry, and you think that Chris Carson outscores Derrick Henry the rest of the way? Yes, of the way? I do. Okay. I think that Chris Carson will be 
uh, matchup proof going forward. A guy we didn't mention in the in the waiver ads is CJ Procise. He was pretty heavily used in the past. Forgot he was even there. Yeah, I mean, well, Rashad Penny was out, right? Which is actually why it's really good for Chris Carson that he's mm-hmm. going through these struggles right now. Because he's going to have time. Because there's no one there. To yes, make he's going like to have idiot. time to get his his himself back together. Uh, he has had fumbling issues in the past, but I, I think I feel like you you go through this this little. He's going to go through this spell, and he's going to be okay coming out of it. They're going to keep giving him the football. Pete Carroll. He's a Pete Carroll favorite. Pete, Pete Carroll hasn't come out and dogged him or anything. He's come out in support of him. He everybody knows, and Chris Carson knows that. He needs to be better, and I think he will be. Yeah, so Chris Carson to me is, is a guy that you'll be able to go get uh, pretty pretty low right now. I'll trade you Ronald Jones for Chris Carson. No. LaShawn McCoy might be a guy that you could sell for, for Chris Carson. Um, you know, it, it, That'd be great. Um, I, I, Damian Williams, guys in those high-powered Ooh. offenses. Mark Ingram. I think Mark Ingram for Chris Carson right now might be – you might even be able to get something better than – Chris Carson owner would love to get Mark Ingram for Chris Carson. I I guarantee it. I I wouldn't. I would rather have Chris Carson. I think that Mark Ingram – Mark, well, one, what he did this week is not going to be repeated, but I think that Mark Ingram will regress significantly uh, in an offense that is moving toward – Throwing the ball airily, you know, throwing the ball more than, than Mark running. Ingram. He's been extremely efficient so far this year. He's not. I don't even know if he's gotten twenty carries in a game. Um, I've been on record, which is just silly now because I didn't anticipate Lamar Jackson actually throwing the ball the way he has. But I've been on record saying that I thought that Lamar Jackson would uh, outrush Mark Ingram this year. And honestly, it could still be a possibility, but that's really far. If you haven't noticed, Tyler really stuff. likes to not be wrong. <laughs> He'll never, he doesn't secede until the very last minute. But there's really no chance at this point that Lamar Jackson has less yards than Mark not, Ingram. Not with unless the way, there's an injury. Not with the way that it's been working out. Yeah. Another guy that I'm faced with, uh, buy low or panic, Joe Mixon. I don't think that you can buy low on Joe Mixon. I think that he's had... Uh, I mean, he had a decent week. He wasn't bad. Uh, You're talking about me talking you into some guys. You definitely talked me into mixing in a couple leagues, and I thought, no-brainer, second round, like, here's mixing. Guy can be a stud, and... He hasn't been that bad. I, I, I think that you're overreacting a little bit. He was injured in week two. Um, uh, week one, I guess he has been pretty bad. Um, he wasn't bad in week three, so I guess now wouldn't be the time to necessarily buy low on him. He hasn't even given a top 20 finish at running back yet, has he? Maybe well, this, this week, week. This week it will be. Barely. It'll be a top 20 this Barely. week. Barely. It'll be pretty easily a top 20 week. Not anywhere close to top 10. <laughs> anyway, I, I mean, if you want to buy low on if if Mixon's out there and they're not real high on him, I'd take him. T- Tyler, I think, is more panicked on on. Joe I don't no, no 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 no. I don't panic and sell guys for pennies on the dollar. So well, I'll, obviously, I'll, but I'll stick. I'll stick with the guy because I drafted him, but I don't like it. You're, you're concerned right now if you have Joe Mixon, according to Tyler. I personally feel fine. I have him. I I benched him this week because that's just you know what I do. Um, another guy uh, that I, I a lot of these guys I'm 
<laughs> are, are on my teams, but uh, in, in various leagues, uh, multiple leagues. But Greg Kittle, uh, I think he's a great. George. Uh, sorry, George Kittle. Yeah, uh, I think he's a uh, you know curious. George Kittle is a is a great buy low candidate. What do you? I mean, uh, what, I, I think that the hard part is it's tight end. Yeah, it's tight end. So whoever spent a third round pick on him probably. Yeah. Isn't going to sell him for peanuts. But odds are if they spent a third-round pick on George Kittle. They're struggling. They're struggling at one of the other two key positions, running back and wide but, receiver. But what's their other option at tight end, though? Well, hopefully so, like, you've got a guy on your roster that is – Like what, a, TJ Hawkinson? Like a Hawkinson, Mark Andrews. I'd rather have George Kittle than Mark, than Mark Andrews. I, I wouldn't. Really? I'd rather have Mark Andrews for the rest of the year. Uh, George that, Kittle was, that, is a supreme tight end in this league. He has struggled thus far. They look to me like a run-first offense that doesn't even value him in the red zone. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not trading him necessarily in the leagues that I've got him. I, I wouldn't even begin to try to trade him off because I just don't like taking hits like that on guys that I drafted high. But if I've got Mark Andrews, I'm not. I'm not going out looking to Kittle owners trying to get Kittle instead of Mark Andrews. I'm fine riding where I'm at. And if I've got Kittle, I'm not necessarily trying to go sell him cheap for a guy that I think's got better upside. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm sticking with it. And well, who is your buy low Kendra? Who's your favorite buy low Kendra right now? Devontae Adams. I do like Devontae Adams as a buy low. I've been, I've been trying to get him off of Matt's hands and in several other leagues, but uh, it hasn't worked out thus far. I have Devontae Adams. I'm. He's still the number one receiver in in Green Bay. He's still got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. I think he's going to get things together soon, but these are questions that we've had about Devonte Adams coming into the year, and that's you know that before last year he'd never had a thousand yard season. Last year was easily his best year. Could he repeat it? I think it's just it's just a part of getting used to the Matt Lafleur offense, and that um, you know, and, and although that offense never had a really produced a number one receiver in the past, I think that with Aaron Rodgers, you're going to see Devonte Adams start to get some work in. They'll they'll. I think at some point they're going to say, hey, we need to pinpoint this guy. Well, you're going to see Aaron Rodgers do what Aaron Rodgers wants to do at some point, and it won't be as much as in the past where he literally just calls the whole offense himself. But uh, Another by-low candidate, DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's not even I'd a top-ten to, receiver I'd love right to now. buy him low. It's he's a, not even a top-ten receiver right now. It's I mean. early. We've had a lot of crazy receiver production. Yep. Uh, I mean, I would – I don't even know what – I mean, I, I'd package, you know – I'd probably send, like, Brandon Cooks and Joe Mixon if I could for DeAndre Hopkins, but I mean, like – Hopkins and Carson for Mixon and, uh, and Mixon and Cooks? Oh, hell yeah. I'd do that in a heartbeat. Um, I, I just think, once again, I mean, it's hard to get these stud stud players away – from their owners because they just don't want to look dumb. because they spent the capital on them. Here's here's dumb. somebody that that there's two guys that I think you maybe didn't spend as much capital on. You obviously these guys that we're talking about the reason they're by low candidates is because they were they're not meeting their projections. But two guys that I think are below what their projections have been uh, that you didn't spend too much draft capital on, so they're probably not your best two players at that position. Robert Woods. Josh Jacobs. I'd buy low on Josh Jacobs. 
Uh, I think that obviously people got scared off with Jalen uh, Richard being in use in the, the passing game, but I think overall we're going to see Josh. I think maybe they, they looked at week one. This is the Raiders. They looked at week one and they said, all right, well, we need to find a – we need to come down a little bit on that workload. We need to find somewhere in the sweet spot of what we just offered or what we just used him at. And I think they're figuring that out. But I think once they do, we're going to see him get about 20 touches a game. I mean, whatever doesn't take away from Darren Waller, I'm fine with. And then for Robert Woods, Robert Woods has been targeted and given opportunity in that offense. And that's, an, that's a high-flying offense no matter what way you look at it. Obviously, last night wasn't their, their best showing. Cooper Cup has done really well. Brandon Cooks has done uh, well, uh, did well last night. But I think Robert Woods' turn is coming. He's still the, he's the most used out of those three. Uh, not always in the passing game. They use him in the run game. Uh, well, they he use gets a lot on, of the, the – I mean, he gets the shorter, right. shorter targets and everything. I mean, Brandon Cooks, I mean – he links up on you know two or three of his targets. He's made his day. Um, so I mean, Woods is going to come off of getting those receptions and you know just hoping that he turns a couple of them into twenty twenty five yard gains or more. All right, Tyler. Uh, do want to shoot to give a quick congratulations? We've we've missed some podcasts. You're wondering why this is our first one since Tyler's had his beautiful daughter. Congratulations. Uh, that's kind of what's. Uh, been putting us off. I've been dealing with a lot of stress over it. Um, <laughs> a lot of late nights <laughs> thinking about Tyler and how much he's having to lose sleep. But yeah. Tyler, appreciate you taking the time away and uh, to, to be on on with us. We're going to be looking to have a guest on soon. Uh, have a little guest appearance. We'll hopefully be back at the end of this week. Looking forward to some matchups for next week. Tyler, any uh, last words, wise words of wisdom you want to hand down? No, I mean, thank you for the congratulations. Um, yeah, our daughter, she's actually, she's just been a peach, man. She's been uh, much easier than our son was. Uh, she's she's sleeping. Sleeping, not fussing, just eating. It's great. I'm looking forward to uh, hopefully going 4-0 in our league this week. And uh, I think I'm, what am I, I'm 14 and 4 I think overall in my league so far this year so it's been uh, it's been pretty nice. And just for those out there wondering at this point in the first quarter of the Monday night football game David Montgomery only has one reception for 5 yards so we still have hope for Angelo. Let's go screw Matt. Hopefully the next time we get on here we can tell you that Matt lost uh to Angelo in his 1 and 2. Thanks for joining us. We'll we'll catch you again later this week. One love.